0: Moat on the volley and the yes! corner. What a start for West Bromwich Albion! Two! Unbelievable!
1: West Bromwich Albion have ruined his big day! Fine again, and it's on Wingy who gets the final touch. And West Bromwich Albion now have a two-goal cushion.
0: The Baggies podcast, giving you the latest news, views, and opinions on all things Albion. Hello and welcome back to the Baggies podcast, where of course we're giving you all the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. We're back again today for another episode of the pod, talking about the last week of Albion action. Of course, a defeat against Middlesbrough away from home and then back home at the Hawthorns for another drubbing against Swansea City. But today, I'm joined by another very special guest, Ronan from the WBA Report podcast, joins us for his second appearance on the pod. Ronan, how are you doing, mate? Welcome back to the show. Hi,
1: mate. Um, you know what? In, in the context of what some people are going through right now in other parts of the world, like I really can't complain. But you know, it's a it's a West Brom podcast, and I can't say it's uh, enjoyable right now to be a fan. But we'll we'll talk it through. We'll talk things through, won't
0: we? Yeah, it'd be a, a bit like a therapy session, I think, for for listeners, for, for listeners, <laughs> yeah. for listeners, and and hosts alike i think is is, is definitely needed. but ronan of course you're the host of the wba report podcast uh tell us a little bit about that and, and how long you've been doing that and, and what sort of stuff you get up to over there
1: yeah so we've been doing the podcast now since the start of the season um and whilst we've taken i say a little bit of a hiatus i think we were just letting all those bad results wash over us for a little bit um we we had a podcast that came out last week uh where we went through our worst Albion 11 of the 21st century which uh I think caused a little bit of controversy on Twitter. we were defending ourselves in the comments a little bit, but that, that's what you expect. Um, yeah, we do a podcast. We try and get one out every week or so. Um, and I, I do that mainly with Kieran and Matt, but we have some we have some guests on there. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to bigger and better things. I think week in, week out, we're getting slightly better, which uh, I wish we could say the same about the Albion right now, but there we go.
0: Yeah, I think we can. We we certainly can't really say a lot positive. But uh, one positive thing that's come out of that, Ronan, you were you're on uh, Midlands today uh, a couple of a few weeks ago, I suppose, at the start of Steve Bruce's appointment. How was how was that for you? That was
1: must have been a must have been a real coup for you. Yeah, it was, mate. It was. Um yeah it was it was it was quite strange so um I got a message through from Dan Pallett saying do you want to come on to the um come to Midlands Today to do an interview and I got that the night before and then suddenly things just happened very very quickly um but it was a lot of fun I was quite nervous I'm a, I'm a big Midlands Today fan I'm a big kind of like BBC <laughs> News guy like that's that's my thing so it was it was it was surreal but it, it was fantastic and it's it's cool because I've only been doing this very very recently I'm not on any kind of like journalism course or anything like that I am just a fan that likes Telling people his opinions about things. So for that to happen so quickly after I've been getting into all this, and to be honest, all the all the engagements I've had from from people since I've been on there, since we've been doing some of the Twitter Spaces, it's been brilliant. I've been absolutely loving it. But yeah, that's uh, that's probably the peak for me so far. Getting on millions today. Yeah, we've we've got to tap into that that Twitter
0: Spaces of course, Rónán, because they're, they're your sort of. Platform to to sort of really get the consensus among the fan base, see how people are feeling, and ultimately a a place where fans can come and 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 voice their opinions. How have you found hosting hosting a few of them? Because uh, well, I suppose at the moment things must be a little bit bleak among the among the Albion fans, especially in in the spaces that you've hosted.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like they they can be quite heavy, but at the same time, there's there's something so brilliant about doing it straight after a game. I found like it was really good doing the ones where we were transitioning from Ishmael to Bruce. Um, mm. but you, you just get the raw emotion coming from a fan base that has been treated particularly badly, I'd say, um, over the last few months. And it's important for people to be able to vent. And I I really like the engagement, I like hearing the different opinions because sometimes like football Twitter and, and a fan base can be quite insular, and especially when you're doing a podcast with people, you roughly get the same kind of ideas. Yeah um week in week out so when somebody comes on who you haven't heard of before and puts that point across and you're kind of weighing it up in your own head do i agree do i disagree um but honestly i just i just enjoy hosting i enjoy talking to the fans um and it's something that if you told me a few months ago that i've been doing that i'd be doing it i, I would have, i would have laughed at you but um it's a really cool development and um yeah as a bit of an old boy now it feels like i was a bit wary of twitter space There's all this technology creeping up on me but um you know i am really enjoying it it's, it's a lot of fun hope to do a lot more in the future as well
0: yeah, absolutely. It's I, I, from 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 doing one myself. I, I was very nervous before I started because I was just like, you don't know who you're going to get on. You don't know who's yes. going to come and just just yeah. give you a load of grief on there or something. But no, not honestly. They they it's a really really nice bit of technology that Twitter have got going on there. I think. You yeah. Know, uh, yeah. It, it definitely crept upon me. I sort of laughed at it in the first place when I saw it. But as you said, it's a it's a perfect place for Albion fans to sort of come together and. So it's like a bit of a phone-in, really, for, for, for the fans yeah, to come is. and get involved. And, yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a really good thing. And, obviously, you've been, you've been doing really well with that and getting a lot of uh, 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 hundreds of fans really joining in and, and get, having their say. So, well done on that, Ronan. But, yeah, of course, Cheers, thank you. West, West Bromwich Albion versus Middlesbrough is where we shall start our, our Albion adventure on this podcast. It was uh, another disappointing performance away from home, extending our slump to seven without a win. And that's a record that stretches back to Coventry uh, on December the 4th, which was our last, last victory away from home. That was a long, long time ago, Ronan. you were last back on the, you were last on the podcast um, back in November, which was a couple of games before that win uh, where we had not won in five away games. Uh, and it just proves that, you know, those, those two records together, seven now and five back then it, it's away
1: form is a massive, massive concern of ours at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's a huge concern and it's kind of twofold. Well, it's been a it's been a concern for a long long time um you, you mentioned the commentary game it's so funny to me that like first of all we shouldn't have won that game i mean if there was var kit Prey like punched the ball in the back for goodness sake um so we shouldn't have really won that game but then also you look who's in midfield a certain taylor garden hickman man of the match carried us to the win he can't buy a start right now um and it's something the fans have been calling for for a long long time It's. uh is to get some youth, get some legs in there. I know that's a two-man midfield. We're now going with a three-man midfield and things still aren't changing. But I can't really diagnose what's wrong with the away form. But I almost feel like that's kind of irrelevant now because it's just form in general. (laughs) We can't win at home. We can't score. We can't keep a clean sheet. We just love losing 2-0. So, yeah, I'm not even sure if it's something specific to playing away anymore like it was under Ishmael. I just think we are just so poor. We are so poor that home or away I just just feel like we're going to get beaten at this point every single game yeah as I said
0: before before we started recording it's inevitability really that that we'll cave in and, and the other team will just come out and they don't even have to do that much really to get a victory you know you saw obviously we'll get on to Swansea in a bit but two very simple goals uh, both scores, you know, p- pretty easily without much strain on on their efforts at all. But obviously, see Middlesbrough was a difficult, difficult performance. And again, away from home, obviously, as you said there, it's, it's becoming more than a waveform at the moment. It's just form all over the park. Most, ev- almost every player is. Is being is, is is in is in on, in on this poor form and it's, it's it's certainly not down to sections of the squad or sections of the sections of the maybe management. It's 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 a real real collective thing at the moment that to, to, we just can't buy a win away from home or at home. But obviously it was a, a poor game at Middlesbrough. Really disappointed to to see to see us go down to defeat, especially after scoring a goal. I mean that's that seems like a seems like a while since we've been able to say that. But see the goal gave us a bit of positivity, but. Eventually, I think Chris Wilder really did change the game with his, I suppose, tactical tweak that he made of bringing on Duncan Watmore. I think he switched to Vernier over to the left hand side, which, which is ultimately where their winner came from. Uh, Ronan, it's an example of you know a manager that that really, really knows his stuff and and changed the game instantly, really, with that changed and and sort of swung it in in, in his own direction.
1: Yeah, for sure. And do you know what, I think before a ball was kicked, as soon as we knew that we were going to Middlesbrough and Wilder, I mean he's doing such a great job up there. It really felt like a, this is what you could have won game, um, and I don't, I don't ever. Th- I mean, I didn't think before the game we were going to win. Um, I still didn't think once we scored the opener that we were going to win. Um, I thought they'd at least peg us back. I mean, I could as soon as as soon as the equalizer came in, I thought that's that's the game gone. Um, we just, I didn't even think we were particularly good in the first half. That was our first goal in the first half for something like 16 games as well, which is. You have to laugh or you're gonna cry. Um, but yeah, I just with Middlesbrough they're in such good form and, and, and Wilder just knows how to get a tune out of the team. And I think we we found from Steve Bruce, we all wanted him to come in and get this new manager bounce, but he he can't get a tune, can't get a tune out of us. That was game number four, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, one clean sheet, and, and that was against Blackburn, who I think had scored at one in seven games. So it's not even like we shut them out, I think they shut themselves out. Um yeah i i didn't even i'll be honest i didn't celebrate the goal when it went in when, when we scored i was i was i was just like parroting um like oh my god we've actually scored a goal i can't believe we've scored a goal it was it was all like a shock and when the cameras panned to the fans they were kind of like looking around just like grinning it wasn't like limbs or any kind of celebration i think we were just slow clapping like i can't believe this is actually happening so yeah we're, we're in a we're in a strange point but i, I thought that Whilst you don't really know what's going to happen without being in terms of long term future, I think we know what's happening game in game out. We're gonna get outplayed eventually. Um we're not gonna score a goal. We managed to somehow score a goal, a deflected effort. Um, which got goal of the month, I believe, as well, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's, it's got it's gotta be now, hasn't it? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. So yeah, I mean that's just that's just where we are at the moment. I always felt like they were gonna win and and yeah, it, it was a... this is what you could have won with Wild um, but we can look back with rose tinted glasses all we want. It's not gonna change anything though. No.
0: Yeah, it was... It... It was the hope that really killed us, I think. We saw us score a goal, but then I think, you know, as soon as they equalised, as you said, we we just sort of had resigned ourselves to here we go, they're gonna the players are gonna cave in and that, you know, obviously Middlesbrough are, are a decent championship side of yeah, course and they're doing very well under Chris Wilder. And you know, Chris Wilder's, you know dismissed, well, I say dismissal. We dismiss the owner dismissed sort of his appointment as Albion boss, and it just looks more and more awful by the day at the fact that we didn't end up getting him, but yeah, I think uh, the, the the most disappointing thing was that we actually scored a goal. I mean, I, I must admit to celebrating, but it was almost a sort of yes. sarca- sarca- in a sarcastic way, sort of like that. This is what what we've come to, we're we're, we're having to, we, you know, we we're almost relieved at scoring for the first time in whatever it was, like five or six games. It's you know almost a bit embarrassing, but. Obviously, the Middlesbrough game was awful, and you, you have to feel sorry for those the, the fans, running who travelled all the way. I'm not sure if you were one of them, but you know, I googled from the Hawthorns to the Riverside. It's three hours and seven minutes to get there, and that's that's without tolls as well. So obviously, it depends on which road they took. But to watch a team, you know, really cave in, and you know, when one team, you know, you know Middlesbrough decided to really pull their sleeves up in that in that second half, and watch our own side cave in you know you've got to feel for the fans who've who've made that journey obviously it's their own choice of course but it was you know it's really not a performance and it's happened time and time again where fans have come back really disappointed on their
1: away days and home days now it seems yeah Uh, i mean you've hit the nail on the head there is that yeah it's when you're going you know as north as you are to middlesbrough and you're making such an effort such a commitment both time energy money to watch your team play it's it's disastrous when you see us just as you say cave in. But this is something that's happening for so so long now, so long. Um, I remember we spoke on the WBA report podcast after the, the QPR, the QPR mm-hmm. loss, because um, both Kieran and Matt went down for that game, and they said it was just like it was dejection. But again, you 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 come to expect it now, which is just crazy to think. I mean, I look back to that first away day against Bournemouth. And I really felt that there was something there that it was going to be action. But it was like a basketball game and the fans were loving it. And it just felt like, I know it was the the curtain raiser for the league, so you expect a little bit of hype around it. But it just felt like, yeah, we've got something here. We've got something we could build on this. And then just fast forward, was it, six, seven months now? um, Just pure dejection. Um, I do feel feel bad for the fans, but I I wish I could sit here and and say that, you know, I think that... um, Things are going to change. and We're going to start getting results. I, I just don't. I don't think we are. I think I even tweeted last night. I'm not sure the way we're playing right now, if we'll win a, a game home or away until the end of the season. Mm. I don't think I don't think you can just put the same players out and expect a different result. Like it's, yeah, we need something radical to happen. But I mean, onto a different point, but I don't think Steve Bruce is the man to, to do that. I think that's what we've seen in the first five games. Yeah. Same old story.
0: Yeah, of course. We've got we got a little bit of a section marked at the end of the podcast to talk rebuild. And I think that's probably, as I said to Ronan off air, I think that's probably the most exciting part because we can start to talk about the future, which fast forward past this season could be a little bit better for Albion, but obviously we'll have to see about that. But, you know, the, the Middlesbrough game is such a, it's and and the Swansea game. It's a point now where I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not upset about it. I'm just, I, I don't feel anything towards it anymore. It's just a, just a feeling of like I was watching the Swans again, both those goals went in. And if you'd have caught me, if you'd have caught me caught caught me watching Albion and conceding two goals about three months ago, I'd have been absolutely raging at that. You know, I'd have been really upset. But I, I just watched them and I was just sort of like, right, no. that, that happened last week, that happened the week before, that happened the week before. It, it just it just does not didn't mean anything to me, really. It's just Another, as, as you said, inevitable defeat. I don't know if that's the same way as you, Ronan, but you know, it's, it's just not. It's not. There's no feeling in it really anymore for us. I, I just can't. No. as you said, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we've got the points to, to stay in the division this season, which, which is the most concerning thing because I, I can't see us getting, you know, maybe more than a win uh, before the end of this season, and even that would have to come uh, down to down to a bit of a. Uh, if another team played as badly as we are, I think that's the only chance we can have, but. At the moment, we're the team that everybody wants to play, I think. You know, every team would want to have a game against us because they know just how fragile we are and how easy we are to to beat. But, yeah, Ronan, the the Swansea game, uh, another real, you know, inevitable defeat, as I've said about 50 times already. Uh, This time it's (laughs) condemned us to to the second home loss of the season. It really doesn't feel like that with the way that that we are at the moment. You know, our home record is still still right, to be honest, which is amazing. I'm, I'm amazed at how we've managed to last that long with only two defeats. But... Again, I think it's proof that the players just don't fancy fighting for for the manager, for the club, for the badge. It's just a real, real mess at the moment. And the Swansea f- defeat last night, it, it, it you know just really nailed the coffin in for any hopes of maybe, possibly even a top half finish. I think it nailed in the hopes yeah. of. It's just really not 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 the performance you want to see. And I think the players really did let themselves down yet again last night.
1: Yeah, I thought the players let themselves. I think they did let themselves down. Um, I'm not sure. I totally agree with the lack of fight um, for the manager. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's like I think it's ineptitude. Honestly, I just think these players are so out of sorts. They're so low on confidence. They're they're just so bad. Like they're not playing well at all. that so short of confidence that there was that point in in the second half where Furlong is bursting down the rhyme right, mm. and then he stops, turns back and passes it back to Carl Bartley, there's just no drive. There's no kind of will to win. We've forgotten how to win, but we're in the habit of losing now, as you say. And, um, I mean, you look at the, the four goals we've conceded against Middlesbrough and Swansea. How similar are they? <laughs> so similar Incred- they are. Yeah, incredibly they're... similar. We're so easy to play against. You, you let us kind of put this half-assed press in for the majority of the first half. You let us play long and we'll chase second balls badly. And then we'll kind of force something into the final third, which isn't going to come off because there's no creativity or quality or technical ability in the final third. And then you just wait for us to tire. You wait for Steve Bruce to get his substitutions wrong or to make a a bad tactical decision. Um, And then you just let us, we'll let you you score that first goal. So we had a chance to break. We had the opportunity to flood men forward and and try and create something. Grady Diangana takes the world's sloppiest touch. Gets the ball nicked from him. They then give the ball to Uncham, who's been on the pitch for a matter of minutes. You know, it's yeah. still probably a little bit cold, to be honest with you. <laughs> Castro bless him. He, he does the cardinal scene of trying to hack somebody down, but he was nowhere near. Yeah. Uncham, Uncham sent Semiyajayi for a a rule in, in the Smelly game. <laughs> and, the, and then he cut it back. And, and Pirro's there. Um, And you, you know what's happening. You know he's going to score. But the, the finish that goes between Sam Johnston's legs... It's just, it's just embarrassing. And Sam Johnston doesn't want to sign a new contract because he thinks he should be playing for England in the World Cup. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> that's that's like someone at Mackey's resigning from their job, saying, "No, I'm going to work as head chef in a Michelin star restaurant." It's yeah. too good for Mackey. It was no, like you're not. Yeah, that that that
0: that that goal. I mean, yeah, when you break it down like that, it just gets more embarrassing, doesn't it? Because there's yeah. so many different stages where you feel. There's a mistake or there's something wrong. But, you know, it's not like Swansea have, you know, you've got a player who's, you've got Messi who's just dribbled through your whole team. You can't do anything about it. It's such a simple goal to concede. And I, I just can't get my head around the fact that Perot was, was left in the box, unmarked, their top scorer, probably their, their only massive goal threat in the team, and you've left him alone. He's even scuffed the finish as well. He's even yeah. scuffed it. He's even given you the chance. It's gone straight at Sam Johnston to, to put to, to, you know save it and and get us out of jail. But still, he's gone through his legs and he's, you put it perfectly there. If you know Sam Johnston wants to be, you know, playing for England in the World Cup, even wants to be playing Premier League football. He's he's got to be stopping those sorts of efforts, I think. You know, definitely. And and the defending for that goal was just just dreadful. I think, even for the second goal. You know the amount of time that that Cyrus Christie had to 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 take a touch, get the ball under control, or pick his spot. Even not so well, it wasn't the best finish anyway from no. Cyrus Christie. But it, the amount of time that he had to 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 get the ball under control and, and score. There are two really really awful
1: goals to concede. Yeah, the second the second one, I'll put I'll put it on Bruce actually. Um, well, I'll put it on Bruce and Johnston to be honest. So my my issue is is that. It was really, it's happened five minutes after the first goal. Um, it's really similar again. It's, it's build-up play from the left. It's exactly what happened up at the Riverside, where um, Townsend or the fullback, whoever it is, it was Townsend for the Swansea, but I think it was Dara O'Shea, I believe, up at Middlesbrough. Yeah. They get, sucked, they get sucked into the players making a run from deep. There's too many players. They're trying to watch the runners. And it leaves the wide man for them so glaringly open that of course, we're not defensively good enough to just clear the ball, even if it's a bad cross. It'll find its way to that man as well, because, I mean, like Semi Ajayi's been defending recently, he'll just, it's like he's trying to move out the way of the ball. Um, <laughs> the ball then lands at Cyrus Christie. I mean, we make a half-assed attempt to try and close him down, but it goes straight through Sam Johnston's on fingers. <laughs> In, the back of the, but but the issue is that the issue is is that Steve Bruce, if if you look at if you look at the replay as well, I don't think that there is a West Brom midfielder within fifty yards of the ball. Yeah, I uh, think um, it, it was. Uh,
0: I mean, it was yeah, carry on. Sorry, yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, because the two midfielders the two central midfielders that Steve Bruce has put out there, who, who need to be screening as well, because surely if he's a manager worth his salt if he's a manager that should be you know, be managing in the English Football League. should see what happened against Middlesbrough and seeing that four defenders cannot mark the amount of players that are coming into the box. Like, we've seen this just last game, but Mm. he wants Mowat and Kevin Castro, bless him, to sweep in front of the defence to cover all, like, against Swansea as well, that are just trying to knock the ball about, and they've got um, three-man midfield outplaying us. Playing wide as well gives that gives their wide men the width, and he's got Kevin Castro and Alex Muller
0: trying yeah. to, to
1: scream and also go forward and try and win us the game. I think I think I he mean, was ju-
0: yeah he was just trying to put every attacking option on, wasn't he? And all all of a sudden the the balance in the team, if there was any in the first... well that's, I think there was a bit in the fir- bit of balance in the first half, but any yeah. balance in the team, I think he had. He had Grant, he had Robinson, he had Dean Garner. he had uh, Carroll, he had Castro. So, you know, you're just racking up the attacking players on the pitch yeah. and you just knew. And, and this was at nil-nil as well. We weren't losing at this point when all these players, were, I think maybe Grant was on, maybe Grant came on after we conceded the first think, goal, if I remember rightly.
1: But I, I think Grant came on before the first goal. I think Did it he? was nil-nil when Grant yeah. came on. I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure on that because I remember thinking as well, I thought we went. We were a lot better going forward without Carlin Grant. I thought we hmm. created more. I think we looked sharper, um, and it felt very difficult to me that Carlin Grant came on and, and then we conceded con- conceded both. Yeah, yeah you're um, correct. You're correct. Carlin uh, Grant came on two
0: minutes before the first goal, which is yeah, yeah, lost all balance yeah. in the team really at that point,
1: didn't we? Completely. And this is this is my issue with with Steve Bruce is that I don't think he has ever been a brilliant tactician. listen to the players that he's managed before he's a player whisperer that Mm. that can't get anything out of this current group I I, I just don't I don't see how he's the man and and I was excited-ish cautiously optimistic should we say when we hired him because I believed that it was just a clean slate yeah I just thought like it was so toxic with Val like maybe even if it's a fairly similar style of football at least like it's it's fresh like it's a fresh 11 He'll pick something new, he'll try something different. We're not just going to watch 3-4-3 three, three every week. We're going to try and work our socks off for him for the first few games. And it hasn't happened. He's come in as a man manager and he hasn't done that. I don't, I wouldn't even say that we are 1% better based on the performances that we've seen The when Ishmael was here. I don't I wouldn't even say I'm trying I'm trying to think of a positive. I think Andy Carroll's been all right, but I think he was pretty good when he was playing for Ishmael. Mm. I, I don't see, I don't see how we're better for Steve Bruce coming in. And I, that's not to so say we shouldn't yeah, have got rid of Ishmael, but yeah, I, I, I think he's come in for the bounce and there's just been absolutely none. So now where now the season's over, the season's over. And if anything, these kind of results against Swansea are just making things far, far worse because these lads are coming in, and like Kevin Castro, I bet his confidence absolutely shot now because he's yeah. been asked to marshal a midfield against Swansea. Russell Martin, Swansea, he won possession, 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 very slick on the ball. And he's been asked to cover us with Alex Moat. Neither of them are holding midfielders. I would say they're probably both best at, at, at number ten.
0: Yeah, and he's been playing Moat in the six for a starter. So that's that's where you that's you know you've got a ten playing in the six. You've got Malumbi, who I'd consider to be a six playing in an eight, and he's trying to box yeah. the box. Provide, uh, be it he did score last game. I know it was a deflection, and I mean it was lovely to watch a midfielder score. I think we we hadn't seen that since Moat's uh, screamer against Cardiff back in i was must have been back in november my,
1: so it was no it was um 28th of september It oh. was my birthday oh god really? end of september end. oh my gosh that feels 28th of september mate yep yeah, it was yeah. uh it, it's been that bad i just want to quickly ask you this lou because i thought personally that Malumbi and Moa weren't actually bad yesterday i feel like that might be quite unpopular amongst fans but when i watched the game, i didn't i think actually the first the first half, maybe the first 60 minutes against Swansea, is the best we played under Bruce, and that's not to say that we were good. I, I, thought, no, we I, thought, thought, I thought we,
0: we were, yeah, I thought we were better going, we were forward. going forward. Yeah, I thought we yeah. were better, better going forward. As you said, looked a bit sharper. Uh, chances were, there were a couple of couple of chances. Be it maybe Robinson's. You'd hope that'd fall the other side of the post, but I think that's just testament to how things are going at the moment. It's just just a, a complete Albie in that moment. But then you've got um, the chance later on with Robinson. I thought he, he did well to uh, well the runners either side of him. I think it was Townsend and can't remember who else might have been Andy Carroll did well to sort of create a bit of a chance for Robinson to shoot. So yeah, I thought I thought Mo was quite quiet, but then again he is being asked was being asked to do quite a quiet job, which is essentially just yeah. pick pick up possession, recycle it and and sort of stay out the way of the attacking attacking sort of side of things, which I, I don't really get. Cause I think, I do think he's a better footballer than that, but Malumby, I thought I, I do like Malumby. I have to confess. Um. I, 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 I can't 100% get this, this sort of hate that he's getting that he's not cut out for the championship. I think that's a bit harsh. I do think he's got a good engine. And I think he's a, a good holding midfielder. And I think ultimately he's a, a good successor or maybe a, a, an alternative a younger alternative to Livermore I think he he'd do a very similar job but maybe not with the captain's armband on of course but I think Malumby does get a bit of unfair hate and I I do like him I th- I don't I yes. think I think the reason he's maybe getting a lot of stick is because he's being judged against something that he's really not so he's being judged against maybe a Pereira type player Who's obviously th- used to threading balls through and, and and winning games on his own, and Malumbi's just not that. Essentially, he's a holding midfielder who'll win the ball back and and run his socks off for you. So, yeah, I think that's um, I think yeah, I thought we I thought we, were, I thought we were better yesterday. I, th- I think it wasn't all as bad as we thought, but at the end of the day, we 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 just lost two nil again, and I think it's becoming a regulation two nil loss almost. I think you know all but one of the results over the past. Probably six or seven games have, have turned out to be two 0 losses. So I think that I think the result overshadows everything for me, and I think that sort of takes away my rationale of oh, we played all right for sixty minutes. Sort of, you know, the the two goals conceded. So yeah, I think I, I think we were better, but yeah, it's just just yeah. really disappointing to just watch us lose again. I think is the big thing for sure.
1: And like we say that we're better, but again, at no point in that game did I think that we were going to win. <laughs> even yeah. even if even Robinson even if it had gone the other side of the post and it like kind of took the post and gone in I still would have said that, that we would have drawn that game mm. we, don't, we don't know how to win we really don't know how to win and the fact that our last win I mean I'm trying to remember the stats and I feel like it's one win in 13 or something like in all, all, all competitions and that yeah. was Peterborough when it was nearly last about 70 minutes Yeah. and, and, and the floodgates open and again that's Peterborough you've had like I think the worst form the worst away form in the league and we barely got over the line and the, the scoreline flats to deceive. So yeah, um better is still is still not good. It's still not good enough. And this is the way that it's going to go enough for the end of the until the end of the season because I can't see Bruce lasting beyond the summer, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. But mm. he won't go before the end of the summer. I mean there's nothing to be gained now. There's nothing to be gained. He'll just kind of he'll be the placeholder until we try something else in the summer. But it, it, what's the quote? It's something like if it's insanity is yeah. putting the, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, that's just what it feels like every time. And it'll be Carl and Grant, and it'll be Jake Livermore back in into the side um, on Saturday. And this is this is the other thing I'm going to ask you, because I know you, you, you like your tactics, you're a little bit of a tactician. You're a, you're a football manager player like myself.
0: I am, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I've,
1: seen, I've seen your Twitter. I've seen your Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, the thing for me is. So we have Robinson, who, again, who I thought was better than Grant on the left. And I thought we, we created more. I think Grant is just not who you want linking up. He, he's the kind of player that is, he's kind of like a wide poacher, essentially. But you've got Grady and Dean Garner on the right with Dara O'Shea playing behind him. When I was last on, uh, all, all, all those months ago, we yeah. played against Huddersfield and I said, why can't we play Grady on the left? Why can't we play Grady on the left? O'Shea's not overlapping him to get into the space that he's creating by cutting in. And actually, I thought he showed some nice touches, did Grady, and, and, and looked like he was yeah. kind of finding his but again, looked daring, which is at least something, even if it's not coming up, at least he's trying something. Um, but it's not like he had Furlong behind who's going to go into that space. So we weren't creating anything with real width down the right hand side, which feels like a, a massive wasted opportunity because you've got Andy all people in the middle. And on the left, you've got Townsend overlapping Robinson, which is fine. But we also, at the start of the season, if there's one player that we need to play well to get promoted, or if there's one player that needs to do well, that, that Steve Bruce needs to get a real tune out of, and to get him playing at his best is graded Dean Garner. Mm. Why aren't we playing him on the left? Why don't we give him a game? If he's poor for a couple of games there, fine, he's poor. But surely he's more of a difference maker than Callum Robinson, surely. And mm. if you've got someone like Dean Garner on the left, who's always going to favour that Paul into Carroll, why, why aren't we doing it? Why, why are we just playing this really stale, stagnant style of football, which doesn't create any, anything clear cut, and we're just feeding off scraps? It just makes no sense to me, mate. So I would, I would ask you, if you're Steve Bruce in the next game, is it Dean Garner on the left, or basically who's your front three? Who is your front three? Well, I I,
0: I can't I can't start Graham. I I feel like I've grown such a I'm not going to say agenda, but I've grown so, uh, you know just disapproving of him over the past few weeks it's almost like as you said a wide poacher he sort of sits in that sort of corner of the box between the between the left of the 18 yard box and the and the and the d at the uh, and the left of the d at the edge of the box and just waits for that opportunity and and when it's getting goals that's fine when he's scoring like he did in i think he had that purple patch in november where he scored like six in six or something i think that's fine i think you play him but ultimately i think a lot of the time he almost Sort of strolls about as if you know like the link at play has nothing to do with him you know i don't need to touch the ball i'll just let somebody else have it and you can't afford to have a almost passenger in the front three you have to have those three players linking up so obviously i'd go with andy carroll up front i think you know i, I, I feel you'd be silly to pick anybody else i think it's been nice to see him at least you know really put his foot in and and, and battle at least I, I don't think the service he's been getting is anywhere near good enough but I think I put Grady on the left. I remember now you have you've you brought memories flooding back from the last podcast you did <laughs> back in back in November of I suppose saying play him on the left. And I don't think that point's been raised since. But yeah, I think he does he does have to be given a go. I think he played there like for, for about five minutes under Ishmael. I think he, he was switched from one side to the other mid-game, like like some managers tend to do. But I think you have to play him on the left, Carroll in the middle. And I might go for Robinson on the right. I think that he's I think that performance was a little bit brighter from him, and I think he at least tried to create something. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're limited from 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 what looked like at the start of the season, quite a quite a fruitful front three. It's looking like a, a really stale, and you're almost hoping that you don't have to pick three of them, really, because none <laughs> of them are really firing. But I'd probably go with Dean Garner, Carroll and Robinson, and, you know, I, I just... I think there's a real lack of options maybe I I think there could be a case for Gardner Hickman to play at right wing at some point because I think a lot of the managers that well the two managers that have seen him play are convinced that he's a wide player whether that be right back wing back right wing uh, even though I think a lot of us would like to see him in the middle of the park for for at least a game but maybe there's a case to play him on the right
1: but for now I think I'd probably stick with that front three what about yourself mate? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with everything you said. I agree with absolutely everything you said, especially regarding Grant as well. I mean, are we, are we really going to keep? Um, are we going to keep the faith of somebody that whose scoring shoot was five months ago? Mm. Don't know. Don't know for me. Not sure if that's the way that I want to play football. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind the idea of, of Garden Hickman playing uh, wide on the right as well because not only have we seen that you know he's, he's a threat and he likes to take people on and he, he's a nice attacking option. If you've got if you've got sorry, um, Dara O'Shea playing at right back, suddenly you can transition between having Dara Dar- shade tuck in and you can rely on the defensive. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I mean, DK's going to have to come in at some point. I'm not sure what his fitness is like. I, do, I don't know what Matt Phillips' fitness is like as well. I can't believe he's got support. point where I'm thinking, or maybe Matt Phillips on the right will work. Like, <laughs> like that's happened for the like last two years. Um, yeah, as you said, though, like we, we seem to have kind of... A, we, we were spoiled for attacking wide areas at the start of the season. And now, as you say, like I am kind of just cringe a little bit when you have to think that Carl and Grant might have to continue. His, uh, I don't know what it was at one point, like 20 starts in a row or something like that and yeah scored maybe like five of them at one point so yeah it's um it's a little bit embarrassing now honestly
0: it's a little bit embarrassing yeah it's in, I mean it's, it's ridiculous I mean at the start of the season I remember going on several other people's podcasts championship podcasts saying you know that front three Grant uh you know Dean Garner, Robinson obviously playing in that striker role as he was at the start that is lethal and now you're just you're, you're almost, you, you just can't believe where, what you can't think where a goal is going to come from out of out of those three at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's so difficult for, for Bruce to pick. And I think ultimately, if you played Gardner-Hickman at, at right wing, as you said, you could maybe have O'Shea tucking in into the into almost a back three when you're, when you're out of possession and have Gardner-Hickman and rely on him in, in sort of a wing-back role when you've not got the ball. And I think that might, I think they're obviously more comfortable defending maybe in a back three as they have been this season. I think, you know, Ishmael probably is looking and laughing at the defence at the moment as to how he, he managed to eke out the, the best defensive record in the league whilst he was manager. I think just looks unbelievable now. You Now you look at the, the mistakes and the sort of lack of organisation, which, if anything, I thought that's something that Bruce would be able to bring. I thought, for some reason, I thought that defensively he'd be quite sound. But obviously the attacking conundrum is something that no manager seems to be able to work out at the moment. So... I felt defensively it would be something that he could solve, but but clearly not. But Ronan, we'll, we'll hopefully move on to some, some, some brighter times at some point <laughs> in the near future. It doesn't seem very close at the moment, but I think uh, I echo your thoughts that Bruce is not the man to take us forward. I think obviously, we're probably going to have to patter through the rest of the season. I think there is some rumour that, that Bruce has got a a break clause in his, in his contract for the end of the season, yes. which I think was a sensible move from the club. If he wasn't to get us promoted, obviously, uh, the rebuild is probably needed more than ever. So I think Bruce is probably not the man to take us forward. I think if he, uh, if he didn't get us promoted, then uh, what needs to be done, Ronan? I mean, it's easier said than done a rebuild. I think there's a lot of assets that maybe you you probably couldn't shift as easily as you wanted to but what 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 do you do Ronan if you're I suppose you're given the role of the new technical director what, what 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 do you start with what do you start doing in this rebuild in the summer that hopefully should come
1: um well if the club is listening I am I am available as technical director I've got nothing else going on at the moment um so uh, this is something that I that I mentioned on the W on the latest episode of, of our podcast which was I I like the idea of kind of like a wild card manager that's maybe managed and and done fairly well in in Germany or Spain or Portugal, basically in in a foreign league that isn't like kind of well-known in English to to English football. And it is for a few reasons. And I'll I'll kind of run through them here now quickly. And and part of it is because of our track record and our recent like safe appointments, you, yeah, of course we had. Pardew at the time. Allardyce, yeah, of course we called Allardyce last yeah. season. Of course we wanted them to come into a job. Steve Bruce, yeah, obviously we went for Steve Bruce when we needed somebody. They haven't, What well, they didn't meet their targets. Things might have got better under Allardyce. Still got relegated. Still got relegated. He didn't do the job that he was brought in to do. And if I could rewind time and go back, you know, almost like 18 months now, I absolutely would have kept Slavin Bilic. 100% would have done. And I said at the time that I was disappointed that, that we'd sacked him and I suppose that's kind of, yeah, it's particularly poignant now. And the other thing is if we were to go for, so, so they haven't worked it, but if we look forward, I don't see kind of like a safe managerial appointment, someone that knows like the football league, knows the league. I, I don't see anyone that is either inspiring or someone that is inspiring is actually realistic. Like if you were to keep Bruce or somebody of that ilk, when you're trying to rebuild, it's not only that you need quality of players coming in, but you need a large volume of them as well. Who is flocking towards West Brom with Bruce at the helm? Like Lovely who's dear. who's coming? <laughs> who, who, who wants? Who of the, the quality that we need actually wants to come? Because you're that you're then looking at a kind of like a what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's a really saturated market. It's a really saturated market when you're looking for players that know the championship well. Like when when you look back at the players, like yeah, Carl Bartley, Sami Ajjani furlong um you know carl and grand robinson they know the championship well now look mm-hmm. at the state that we're in i don't think that these kind of like really safe transfer options both player wise personnel wise and as a manager is necessarily the best option and like i've got down here michael apperton derek McInnes. again mm-hmm. if they come in brilliant they know the club brilliant like fine i like that i mean even tony Mowbray who are they bringing in for a rebuild? Even if they have the funds for a rebuild, which I don't think is happening anyway, to be honest. I think we can, we can talk yeah. ourselves into a super about like the dream and, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring in 10 players in the window and we'll get rid of Barton, We'll get rid of Livermore. They, they can pack their bags, but it won't happen. So just for our own sanity, we'll obviously continue this conversation, but I don't see how these managers are bringing in players from a market that, that improve us or have enough. Do you know what I mean, I, I feel like we're quite limited in that respect. And, um, the other one I've got here is, so you've got Farker, Wagner, Nuno, there's probably others, but those were three that came to my mind. When they came in and managed in the championship, they all had access to players and just a market in general that that they they could rely on, that maybe weren't being touted by kind of loads of managers in, in the UK, um, in the English Football League, Um they it's it's still an attraction to them because oh yeah it's playing in england or we could get potentially get promoted um and they they all three all three of them got promoted buying players from their own domestic leagues i know that the Wolves one you've got to put an asterisk there because of because of Jorge Mendes yeah but the, the rebuild a rebuild is made so much easier when you've got access to players um from a completely different country like there's no way right now that Steve Bruce is calling I don't know somebody from Heidenheim in the German <laughs> second division it's like oh I saw that you got double figures do you want to come play for me no but there's probably a manager out there that's got some good success That's probably a bit younger that's bringing something new that isn't just I don't like the, the cliche like footballing dinosaur but yeah. someone that isn't just the same old kind of just they were good 15 years ago like Alan Kirbyshire we might as well call him up and see if he fancies the job in the summer like it'll be it'll be Gary Monk it'll be Gary Rowett or Lee Bowyer or somebody like that like we just I would so much rather take the risk on a manager that will just bring in something completely different like say say we've got a manager that did well in like Serie B in Italy and suddenly we've got all these little like former AC Milan wonder kids who actually Aren't particularly good, but actually, they, they played in Serie B and they come over here and they gel. And we basically, it's like West Bromwich Albino or something like that. And suddenly we're like, Little But at least yes. it gives us something. It's something different. We're not just looking at the same players from the Football League that have very limited ability and potential. And where we end up where we are right now, we need to kind of, I, I seriously believe we need to spread our wings, take a risk. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah. I, I can't sit here and watch us do the same old boring. Like I uh, will sign this guy who scored ten goals in League One. This guy almost got relegated in the Championship. We'll sign him for a million. I don't want to see that again. Yeah, if it,
0: if it, I agree, it's, it feels like we covered we've covered the market of English players, English managers. It's almost how many more washed-up second-tier players can you buy uh, until your squad is full of them? Like it, like it is now. I think <laughs> uh, you know how many more can you buy until you until you fill the squad, you filled your wage budget, uh, and you've ran out of as many as you can at some point you've got to start looking abroad i mean you know uh you know west west bromwich uh, you know little italy in west bromwich doesn't doesn't sound so bad to be honest i'd love to see a a young german manager or something start coming in Uh, as we are now i think you know ishmael obviously i I feel one of the big reasons that that he didn't work is because we we aren't we weren't an underdog in this league and we found ourselves very difficult to to sort of play the underdog sort of style of football but I'd love a german manager a young german manager he's nobody nobody's ever heard of brings a load of german austrian sort of players with him plays a gegen press system and 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 sort of you know you've never heard of any of the players he brings in and you know you have to start contacting people from germany just to get a bit of an insight into who who on earth they might be I just love to just love to see something like that I think you know I thought that might happen with Ishmael and I thought that might happen but he seemed to just well, maybe that wasn't entirely down to him. Of course, we not We don't know that. But maybe, but he just brought in the same sort of players that we've seen over the past few years. So, I'd love to see just a random manager from from some random, you know, top five. Well, maybe not even top five, but maybe the second tier of Italy, Spain, or or Germany or France or something like that, and just bring in something different. And let's have a go. It, it probably wouldn't cost you that much as well. You know, you think about the the sort of. You know the money involved in some of those leagues. There's not very much of there's not very much in there, and it's certainly players and managers wise. You could pick up a very good manager like, uh, I suppose, Nuno on on a good deal. Uh, you know, and and then obviously the players who came with him obviously weren't cheap by any means. But certainly there's so many different managers that you could you know you could really sort of pl- pluck out. I mean, Enzo Maresca is the the one that comes to mind. I think in the in, in the initial state, I know he really didn't do well with Palmer. I think it was in in Italy, but you know that sort of manager who you know. Well, I suppose maybe not him because he's he's managed to, he's been at the club before, so obviously obviously he's a familiar face to many. But that sort of manager, uh, you know, a lot of people outside of you know West Bromwich aren't going to have heard of Enzo Moresca unless they've studied Italian football relent- relentlessly. I think it's just in need of a, just a different style of things, and I- I'd love to see a new technical or sporting director come in with that sort of vision in mind and. I think we're just all a little bit bored of seeing the same old thing being churned out with regards to recruitment. I mean, the, the example I wrote down in the notes, Ronan, was, was Perrault uh, from Swansea last night, who was who obviously scored the goal and scored up earlier in the season against us. He was plucked from PSV's reserve team, which is PSV-Jong, which is like they play in like the sixth tier of, of, of Dutch football. Here he is scoring, you know, what is it, 13 or 14 goals in a champion, in his debut yeah. championship season. You never see West Brom signing that sort of player, do you? You never see us um, picking up those little bargains from 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 the Netherlands or from like the sixth tier of Italian football coming in to, to score some goals. You know, you, you, you don't sign those, we don't sign those sort of players. And we haven't since maybe Dan Ashworth is at the rain. You know, look at Odom Wingy was a complete wild card. He cost us like 1.4 million from, from Locomotive Moscow. And he came in and... And was one of the best Premier League goal scorers we've seen at the Albion. I think, you know, you just don't see us signing those players and you just don't see us taking that initiative and, and, and plucking those players out from, from, from the depths of European football anymore, do we?
1: No, and I think one of the prime examples was um, in our promotion season in January. We all got really excited because we thought Mislav Orsic is coming. We're going to get Mislav Orsic. Oh, this guy's yes. just scored a hat-trick in the Champions League. And then we went, oh, Kamil Grzycki. Yeah, on, <laughs> we'll and it's just a total lack of ambition but that's that's kind of like a microcosm for the wider problem it's like we would never go after Claudio Jacob on a free from Racing yeah. in Argentina we wouldn't go for a Yusuf Malumbu we just wouldn't we wouldn't go for a Paul Shana like I know he was playing in um, I don't think we've him from a pool but these kind of players we just don't go for them anymore we just go for the, the same old line oh they got relegated with Rotherham yeah Samir fantastic can be playing for us oh, we went down with Wigan, Cedric Kipre, how do you feel about playing at the Hawthorns, like, ten times in the like, city? it's it's just it's just boring. There's there's no imagination, there's no risk-taking. It's like in a, in a game of blackjack, we'd be sat there with, like, a queen and a four, and we'd be like, stick. <laughs> and then we just keep, we keep losing to the house, like, we're just getting drained and it's like, what is there to lose at this point? What is there to lose? Look at, I mean, maybe not so much Kravinovich, but even though he was pretty good in the championship, and he was a good player for the championship, but our last kind of like golden boy signing, Mateus Pereira, where did we get him from? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Barnsley, no it wasn't, it was Sporting Lisbon, on a loan, we've just been doing it in Germany, and he just completely lit up the league, and he carried us to that promotion, why can't we just take some risks? I'm not even saying, again, even if it's just a loan, just something to get the fans off their seat, because I mean, I can't go through another window that we're signing Adam Reach, I can't do it. I, I can't yeah. sit here and pretend to get excited about about these players that, that we've got or that we're going to get in when they're just as poor as they are. You've got to get a little bit more imagination, both in terms of like the playing staff and the managerial staff. It's it's it, yeah, it's it's gone incredibly stagnant, incredibly predictable, and incredibly poor. Like we're bad. Mm. Playing safe isn't even mean we're playing well or that we're, you know, we're guaranteeing anything. There's no guarantees in football. Take the risk. Because I'd so much rather finish 16th. And have something a bit different than than sit here with Steve Bruce in charge, signing freebies, signing 34-year-old players that are like, you'd have to watch an episode of Premier League years to, to remember who they are. Tyrone Mears types, like, yeah. come on, just, just be honest. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, an example i found, I've,
0: I've literally just thought of whilst we were saying that, you mentioned Barnsley. Barnsley have just done what we would hope to do with a player. They bought in a guy, called, I don't know if you've seen, called Amin Bassi, who's come in from... Mets in France their B team who's come in and, and got two goals and one assist in his first four games I mean you, it's just another example of a, of, of decisions and, and a recruitment that Albion just don't just don't pull off I mean yeah it's just baffling and I, I don't think I can sit through another window where you know reach and and you know no disrespect to Keane Brian obviously we've only seen him play once it might be a little unfair but you know those sorts of signings who have come in and you just don't want to see them anymore you want to see something different and I think you've tried Bruce, you've tried the safe appointment. I think you've probably totted off or apart from maybe Mark Hughes, I think you've totted off almost every single safe appointment you could possibly pick with those sort of older heads and and maybe those dinosaurs if you like. I think you've totted off almost all of them. I think it's time now. I mean, you did take a we did take a bit of a risk with Ishmael in the summer and it didn't work, but you know, it just wasn't to be. But I think this summer it's time to take the risk and I think it's time to take the plunge and, and bring in somebody new, but yeah, I, th- I think we we could, we could we we could go on about this for days, couldn't we, Ronan? But I mean, are you confident that we could maybe see that, or, or do you think that we'll just revert to our our old old sort of well ways that we're in at the moment?
1: I think if I'm being optimistic, if I'm taking anything positive with how horrendous and abhorrent we are right now, is that it gets to the point where it's so bad that the board realise, hang on, let's just snap out of this kind of trance that we're in with only signing English players only hiring british managers or kind of players to know the managers to know the league even and they go for it and they're like we've got nothing to lose like we've, we've shown our we've shown our hand like we need to go for something completely different some something completely radical just to try and get a little bit of life just to try and shock us into action um i don't think it's gonna happen i, I think we'll hire whoever owes ron gaul air favor um and to be honest, if, if Mark Hughes hadn't been snapped up this week, I think he would have been a prime candidate to come in. I think that's a great shout. He's just, um, he's just, warming, I, he's just warming himself up at the moment at Bradford, ready for the gig in the yeah. summer, I think. <laughs> yeah, he is, mate. He absolutely is. But I, I, I can't see us getting any better in the Bruce. I think this is this is what we should just come to expect now. So I, I can't imagine the board, even though they're probably just as inept as the players, I think even they realise that you can't give this man a full season of the Championship, we will get relegated. And and, and, and that's not me kind of, you know, being catastrophic. That's me being, I think we're going to get relegated if we keep Steve Bruce in, our form is that bad. So if I'm being positive, I think it's just going to be such a dreadful end to the season that we have no other option but to take a punt, see if it works. If it doesn't work well, there's nothing lost because it's not like we're doing any better right now anyway, so... Um, I don't know. If if I had to ask you a question, Louis, like who who do you think who do you who would you like to come in if you had to name a name, and who do you actually think will come in? Because I, I I would like enter um, as you said, young German manager that's done it in the kind of bundes the Bundesliga tour, whatever it's called. Um, and let's see if he can if he can do it. But I think we will end up with a John Terry. I think I think we'll just be like oh, John, Wayne Rooney. I mean, if derby exists after today, I mean, hope for their fans that things get sorted but um yeah I would I would imagine that we just go for somebody like that a bit of a name um but I can't see us going for, for somebody too well too too different too out of the norm but if, if if you had to answer that Louis what are you saying
0: yeah I think I think my knowledge of second tier German football probably does fail me a little <laughs> bit here and you know second tier Italian football isn't great I mean, the sort of name you have to—I'd love to look at somebody like Moresca. I think that would excite me a little bit more. I know his his record with Palmer is not great at all, but maybe with with his own players and you sort of you don't you don't sort of give him the the world of transfer budget to to work with, but you give him a sizeable bit of money to work with. Maybe he could do something different for us. I think just an exciting name like that could. I mean, I know, I know a lot of Albion fans have sort of written him off, and maybe I have inside a little bit too. But that sort of name—I mean, you know—outside of West Bromwich Albion and maybe Man City, of course, he was their reserve coach. But uh, who's who's heard of Enzo Moresca? I, I really couldn't tell you an exact name, but maybe that sort of that sort of ilk player. I feel like you know a little bit of research is going to have to go in maybe over the summer on the the German second tier and try and pluck out a name uh, like you know like an Enzo Moresca or somebody like that. You know, just 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 somebody who's maybe done a decent job down there but could come in like a like a David Wagner nobody's really 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 heard of him before but could do a job in the division I I think yeah I I couldn't give you an exact name but you know just somebody somebody with a maybe a a German sounding sounding name could come in and do a maybe not you know Stevens and Bruce and or something like that might might not do the job (laughs) to be honest I can see somebody like that coming in you know Steve Bruce with we you know uh, pr- pretending to come in oh, as a German manager. That's the, yeah. Val Val could come back in and, and pretend pretend he's somebody else. But yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think um, I think definitely just that sort of manager. I couldn't couldn't put my finger on it, but just just somebody different, please. I I, I really am bored of seeing the bruises, the parodies at the club, and the Pulises. That all. You know, I think it's just a bit boring. I think we just want to see something different, Ronan. And yeah, I just hope I I I won't put you on the spot, but I, I might just do that anyway. But is that is there a name in your mind that you that you might look at, or is it the sort of similar thing for me that the the second tier
1: knowledge of Italian football might not might
0: not might not cut it at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's it, mate. I think it's um, I don't know. I don't I don't have the data. So the way that you know the way that bands do things, where they look yeah. at the, the data, it's like this is we want a manager that's going to press of the teams and this is the star that we want to play where is that with us where is that with us it's like we are it's like we're 10 years behind everybody else where's our data team or is it just scouts that smoke cigarettes outside clubs that you know training grounds and go oh is he any good because they just seem to know the scouts at another club it feels like it's all word in mouth there's no kind of thought that goes into anything it's like oh he's a good player or oh, trains are first first on the training pitch you know last person off it kind of thing oh he's a good lad yeah, it, it feels like that with managers. It's like who who always run run a favor Who's you got on his phone but you can just call up and say, "I oh, do fancy doing it." I would like us to take that next step and let's have a look at these kind of European leagues, and 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 say like who who if we want to if we've got a we think is a good squad and we want to play passing football. Let's see who's got the most passes. For example, who has the highest amount of possession? Who's got the most passes into the final third? Who's got this XG or that XG? Do you know what I mean? Like We just have to take it a step further. So I would like to think that there are people behind the scenes at West Brom after that game against Wales that are doing just that. I don't think it is happening. As I said, <laughs> it will be. Who does Ron Gourlay know? Um, who's who's a mate of a mate that will come in and, and do a job and, and see if he can get us playing? And they won't. Obviously, they won't because we're just yeah. falling into the same trap time in, time out. So, yeah, maybe um maybe it will be Stefan Bruce with an umlaut <laughs> uh, over, over the you that will come in and blow us away, blow us away. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I think, I think honestly, mate, we are in for a kind of uh, Middlesbrough, Stoke, potentially a Sunderland type run in this league. Um, I think we just have to come to terms with that now. We've kind of, I think we've missed the boat. These players aren't good enough. They're not going anywhere. Um, yeah it's th- this is what this is what we got to kind of just strap ourselves in for and hopefully there's a manager that will at least get us love in the club again that we'd like to go to uh, and watch play even if the results aren't brilliant every time you don't know what's going to happen every time you go and watch us play there's going to be something to get us off our seats but we- we'll see we'll see
0: yeah I think that is the joy of watching West Bromwich Albion well I say the joy there's there's no unexpectedness with it We we'll, we will see what happens in the summer but I can only hope that we start recruiting via a bit of data, maybe via, via less, less word of mouth, a bit more looking into it ourselves, hopefully, but we will see. But Ronan, uh, yeah, where can we hear more of you? Where can we, where can we sort of uh, get, get some more from you, either on your social media or, or on the podcast?
1: Yeah, so you can listen to the podcast um, wherever you get your podcasts, really, whether that be Google, Spotify, Apple, we're on all of them. Um, so at, well, it's the WBA Report podcast, our latest episode came up earlier this week and hopefully we'll be recording one uh soon i'm sure you'll be coming back on louis maybe to try and reclaim a bit of honor uh, oh yeah the season quiz <laughs> oh yeah we, um, we yes we, we had matt
0: on uh only a couple of only a couple of weeks i think after that and uh yeah it was a it was a sort of when he mentioned that <laughs> i had to cower in the corner and pretend i didn't exist really when he said that because yeah the baggies podcast listeners can't be finding out but yeah that, that quiz is still w- very much worth a listen very well put together by yourself Ron, and it's definitely worth a it's definitely worth a go with some
1: some bradley walsh s questions coming from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah this bradley walsh thing is really sticking it's uh <laughs> matt, matt introduced me as the the black country bradley walsh um, <laughs> on the last podcast that we did um but yeah so if you want to find me on social media um i'm at ronan c Giorno on twitter and i do tweet out a little bit more than i used to but yeah uh, check out um at wba report as well if you don't already follow or if you haven't heard of us um, and yeah, I'm sure you'll find some more Louis content either on my Twitter or to VBA Reports Twitter or on the podcast. Um, so yeah, for, for the biggest podcast listeners that, that love their, Louis ben, uh, their <laughs> Louis ben content, you'll be sure to find some with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully popping back on at some point in the near future. But Ronan, obviously some links in description to go and check out his social media and the podcast, of course. Make sure you go and listen to the latest episode. There's definitely a little bit of controversy regarding some... Uh, a worse Salvian and sign in 11 but ronan a massive thank you for coming on and joining me today it's been great to chat to you thank you very much for joining me
1: no thanks for having me mate. always a pleasure
0: yeah absolutely pleasure to have you on again ronan and make sure you go and check out the wba report podcast as always but that does bring me to the end of the baggies podcast leave your thoughts in the comments below make sure to go and follow us on twitter at the baggies pod if you want to hear more from me personally it's at louis bent underscore but that's the end of this week's Baggies podcast episode. We will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.